Hi, welcome to the Car Measurables podcast. My name is Advita Patel. I'm Trudy Lewis. And I'm Jenny Field. So this week, as I'm back after a little break at the spa, thanks for holding the Fort Girls for our weekly news. <laughs> had a delightful time. <laughs> thanks for asking. <laughs> I thought it was worth having a quick chat about a podcast that I know we've all listened to in the last week. And it was a podcast episode of A Diary of a CEO where they were talking about happiness. And he was talking to a person called Mo. Oh, I'm going to do an Advita. Goddard. Say it wrong. Thank you. Goddard. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Who has established an equation for how to be happy and it was an episode that I think was quite timely for all of us to listen to whereas we're coming into that last quarter of the year and I know like many people I'm talking to everyone's feeling a little bit overwhelmed and a bit tired and a bit like we're just running to Christmas uh, at the end of the year but it was just some really good stuff in the episode that I just thought it was worth talking about if you haven't listened to it we'll pop the link into the show notes so you can have a listen it's about an hour and a half but the first probably 45 minutes were the most powerful for me because it also touches on things like AI but I mean, I've got a couple of things that I took away from it. We've only got 10 minutes in the news to talk about it. But what were your kind of main takeaways from it that might encourage other people to listen? Because I definitely feel like we've all come away from it learning something, which I always love. So either one of you can go first. I don't mind. (laughs) I'll let Advita go. Go on. (laughs) Nicely dodged. Do you know what? It's, it's the whole the whole podcast episode for me. It's a it's a length and lengthy one, isn't it? Yeah, I did yeah. it. In, I did it in a couple of parts, but I was in a bit of a slump. I think on the day I listened to it, I wasn't feeling you know the brightest <laughs> for various reasons. And the first twenty minutes of that podcast, when Mo shared the story about his son and what had I'm not going to spoil it because I think it, everyone needs to listen to it but what happened to his son and how he dealt with that and how the happiness index kind of well the happiness equation sorry came about it just made me really recognize that actually there are certain things that we can definitely have control over there's no doubt you know we can definitely control that but only the stuff that's within our remit right and it this made me kind of think going why you know we spent so much of our energy getting quite stressed and upset and really angry about things that we just can't change like we just can't change and it's a hard one because if we can't change them then what is the point of getting really upset and angry about it and that's what I know we all know it's a common sense in a way but when he was kind of sharing that I was like you know what he's so right like you can obviously have a moment of upset rage run you know that's just human nature but then I think you need to kind of be a bit like right what he said on the podcast was can you do anything about this yes no mm. right if you can what you're gonna do about it right and then once you've done something about that is it solved if it's not what what then what's your next stage like just you need to kind of get over that ultimately yeah it was the action taking that I thought was good that whole like what are you going to do what can you do something about it yes you can then go and do it you know we stop overthinking something and just go and do it so exactly and that's what I thought you know what you know as we've said this before in previous podcasts like I am the procrastination queen at times and I can get self-absorbed in my own thinking and you know we always say what Brené obviously we're not mentioned Brené for a few episodes but Got her in, got her in. But you know, Brené always shares that quote, don't you? What's the story that you're telling yourself? Yeah. What is that story that you're telling yourself? What assumptions have you made about something that didn't happen or did happen? And then what is that story? And, I, you know, he just, his kind of calm demeanour, the way he approached it, 
having just said, you know, there are certain things that he does care about, but then has to make a decision whether it's something that he can solve or not. Yeah. And if he can't solve it, then he moves on to the things he can solve. And he's focused his energies on happiness, which I think is a nice thing to focus your energies on, to be honest. So that's what I took away. I thought, you know what, I spend too much of my time getting angry, upset, a bit ragey about things that I just can't change. I just can't change it. So why am I getting so... Life, you know, for me is about doing the things that do make you happy well, as much as you possibly can, you know, within the remit that you have, obviously. And there's just too much energy given to things that, you know, just it's just not worth your time at times. And that's what kind of calmed me down, I would say. So the first 20 minutes of it, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is what I needed in my life right this moment. In time. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Trude? Yeah, I took away loads as well. Uh, some of the things you mentioned, um, but just on... Advita's point about kind of, you know, you're in that position of I can't change anything. I think to a certain extent, you accept that the incident you can't change. But I also think that by choosing to be happy or choosing to be relaxed, you put yourself in a position where you can come up with the solution. Mm, yes. I just thought that through while I was listening to it. I was like, well, actually, yeah. One of the things he said, and, you know, they preface it by saying, oh, you know, we're going to lose loads of followers because we're saying (laughs) you can do it yourself. Basically, he said he was talking about the fact that it's a choice, that happiness is a choice. It's not something that's just going to come on you and flood you with all this wonderful, soft feeling. It's a choice. You have to choose to be. And his choice in the situation that he was talking about was... I can't do anything about this. So I'm going to choose to do something positive. And his positive was incredibly powerful. Mm. And I think I took from that, that, yeah, we can't change the immediate thing, but what we can do is choose to be happy or choose to accept, because he talked about acceptance and getting to the acceptance phase and then being able to be happy meant that he could do something else. Mm. I love the whole thing and everything you've said, I, I took away as well. The other thing for me was, The bit where he talks about kind of acknowledging the thoughts that his brain is telling him. And he says something in the podcast where he says, you know, my brain's putting thoughts in my head that aren't particularly helpful. So I say to my brain, you know, can you give me a thought I can do something with? And that stayed with me so much in terms of the the way that our brains overthink, overanalyze because of how we're built and what they're meant to do. But actually, if your brain's doing something and the story you're telling yourself and all that stuff, that if you just turn around and say, can you just give me something I can work with? Or shut up. <laughs> and then the brain goes really quiet while it's trying to think of something else to put in your head. But that really stayed with me of that. Because this, my brain is quite chatty and we've talked about how chatty our brains can be. And then there's some people that don't have chatty brains at all and they don't hear anything, which I just find so weird. But I really liked that. That really stayed with me. There were some other bits as well. And I've, I've made a note for us for our next season because I think there's something in there about talking about expectations that I really think is worth a full episode and exploration because I think there's a lot in there and a lot in some other stuff that we're all reading and talking about about expectations and how important that is to having a fulfilled life and resilience and and all of those things as well lots in there yeah I love his brain was called Becky yeah I know (laughs) well it made me think about our imposter names (laughs) Which I'm not going to say again because no. I got it wrong last time when I talked about no. that. Um, but I, it made me think about that, and I love that he's named it. You know, something so different to him. You know, yes. he's he's really yeah. given it its own identity, and I think there's so much to explore in terms of that and what your brain's doing. And oh, it's a, it's a really good episode, so I'd recommend it to 
to anyone. There's a couple of books that Mo has written that he talks about in the podcast as well. So it's really worth a listen. And so our episode today, nicely linked to sort of happiness and all those things, is about building confidence and beating imposter syndrome. So we hope you enjoy it. And as always, get in touch with us across our socials and and give us a shout and let us know what you think. If you want to find out more about how you can work with us, you can visit our website, which is calmedgedrebels.com. Here you can find out more about each of us individually, and it will also give you links to our own websites, which are colinear.co for Trudy, commsrebel.com for Advita, and Redefining Comms for me, Jenny. You can also follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at calmedgedrebels, and you can also follow us individually on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So if you do want to work with us around communications, consulting, coaching or workshops, please do get in touch. Today, we are going to talk about confidence and boldness. And the reason I wanted to talk about this topic in particular was because our very first episode for Calm as Rebels was around imposter syndrome. And it's actually one of our most downloaded podcast episodes as well, which just shows that there are still some folk and still a lot of interest in imposter syndrome, confidence and boldness. And I get asked questions on a daily basis around how do I build confidence? How can I get my self-esteem where I need it to be? You know, how can I beat my imposter syndrome? And when we spoke about imposter syndrome a year and a bit ago, I had a very different view then to what I have now. And that's because I've been doing quite a lot more research in imposter syndrome and what it actually means. And it all started with an article that I read probably six months ago now and I'll share in I think it was on in the Harvard Business Review where two women had very eloquently written an article about telling people to stop telling women that they've got imposter syndrome and particularly women of colour and the reason for this was because imposter syndrome generally happens when folks feel that they don't belong in that environment and the onus shouldn't be on that individual it should be on should be on the people in that environment that makes that person feel like they don't belong in that space. And that's why folks generally struggle with imposter syndrome. Do not get me wrong, I believe imposter syndrome is a real thing. Now, after doing some more research into it and reading more about it, I think it is definitely more to do with the fact that the reason, and I'm using myself as an example here, when I've experienced imposter syndrome, it's definitely down 90% of the time was definitely down to the fact that I just didn't felt like I could belong in that space and I felt out my depth at times and I didn't see anyone who looked like me or I didn't see anyone who represented me or I didn't see anybody who could connect with me in that way either and I felt like I didn't you know and it's that's what imposter syndrome is isn't it like you feel like you're a fraud and you feel like you don't belong and you're making things up or you're winging it as you go along. So then I started to kind of look a little bit more into confidence and boldness. And I, I'm a confidence coach. So I work with my coaches on building confidence uh, and their visibility in the work that they do. And I've started to kind of not step away from imposter syndrome by any stretch, but I'm definitely more cautious about the way I talk about imposter syndrome and why it exists in the first place. So I want you to kind of put the question out to both of you in terms of have your thoughts changed since we had that conversation a year ago? Because I know you both probably have seen that article 
as well. Uh, do, do you think actually is the onus is on the individual and not in the environment? So I'm going to throw that question to Jenny first. Thank you for that lob across the... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a... It's a real one for debate, isn't it? Because I know when we've talked about imposter syndrome in the past, and certainly when we did the first episode, there was quite a lot of people saying they didn't believe imposter syndrome was real. Now, I also think that's a lot of men that tend to say that, and I do with that what you will. But I would question whether or not it is down to the people in the room to help you feel like you belong. And I, I have all sorts of things buzzing around in my head. So I'm thinking about times where... I would say I felt like I had imposter syndrome. And now this is where we get into what's the difference between that and confidence, which we might have to readdress in this episode, because I do remember on a couple of occasions feeling like I would be found out for being a bit of a fraud. One was when I published my research into deskless workers. And I remember before going into that session and into that space thinking, oh, my God, they're going to you know, hear this talk and hear this research and think it's all rubbish or they know all this or, you know, what she's talking about. And I I don't see that as confidence because I'm people always say I'm quite a confident person and I am, but there was a definite, you know, kind of what I would say imposter moment. And I've had the same when probably starting the business quite early on when you're going in to talk to boards or going in to talk to leadership teams to present findings of, you know, what you've been able to diagnose as a root cause or if you're going in to have some, you know, doing a keynote speaker at something that's maybe an industry that you're not too familiar with. And that's not necessarily confidence. That is that feeling of you're going to find out that I don't know what I'm talking about (laughs) when I do know what I'm talking about. So, and I don't feel in any of those situations that it's the responsibility of the people in that space to make me feel comfortable. I feel that that is my own vulnerability and courage coming through. And that's down to me as a human being to lean into that, you know, uncomfortableness that comes with being a bit vulnerable but leaning into that and having the courage to step forwards into that space so I don't think it's down to other people but maybe it's specific circumstances or specific areas and maybe imposter syndrome has kind of different themes or different pillars or different topics or whatever in different for different people that make it the responsibility of different groups I don't know and I will talk about the difference between imposter syndrome and confidence but truly what are your thoughts on kind of imposter syndrome and, co- and confidence and boldness and all those kind of things. Have your thoughts changed since we last spoke about it a year ago? I was always a little bit sceptical and then I felt as if to say, yes, it was a thing. <laughs> I have myself experienced it, not unlike um, both of you. So I would say they changed and then they've changed back into being a little bit of both. So I kind of consider your environment, the people around you, whether or not you feel you belong as an issue, as well as, you know, it's your individual feeling about a problem. And I can say that of a truth because it's a bit like if I'm in a situation where I feel intimidated, it in a sense can trigger off my imposter syndrome. So if I feel as if to say I'm amongst people who portray themselves to be very highly educated or you know better than me in some way or my assumption is that they're better than me that can make me suddenly start to feel as if to say oh I'm a bit of a fraud myself you know I I can't quite put myself out there and say that I you know I know everything and I can't stand up in that particular environment 
However, a lot of that is my own perception of myself in there. It has very little to do with the fact that the people around me are better than me, cleverer than me, or more accomplished than me. And a lot of it is down to assumption. So there's an interesting thing that I learned recently about reframing things. And it's really important for, you know, within the whole thing of having imposter syndrome to try as much as you can to reframe things. So that for me is perhaps where I am with imposter syndrome. Uh, When it comes to confidence, it's such an important skill strength to have. And I do think it's one that you can develop incredibly. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things for me that if you're ever struggling with having confidence, it's being open about it and talking to somebody about it that actually can shift it for you. And that in itself is such an important thing to do or, or else you just sit there you know, not being confident, not putting yourself in, in in the frame for anything exciting or anything challenging because you suddenly feel like I actually don't have the confidence to push myself forward. And that really isn't imposter syndrome, is it? It's, it's very different. So I do think there's a real balance between the two. You know, it's almost like you're juggling both sides, to be honest. The thing with confidence is confidence is normally what you believe you can and can't do, right? So you'd go off and get training to improve your skills in a certain areas if you feel that you've got a lack of confidence in doing the spreadsheet or working on an Excel or whatever document. And imposter syndrome is is more of your internal self-belief and what you think, which is a really difficult thing to move away from where because no matter how many times people tell you you're very good and you do belong, and this is where I kind of struggle with it because that article, you know, said we need to do, we do need to stop telling people they've got imposter, because I do think, I do think and believe that, you know, sometimes people can use it as a bit of an excuse not to progress Mm. in themselves. Like, oh, I've got imposter syndrome. I just can't do it. And I think that can sometimes be a bit of an excuse on their part. Yeah, I also think there's something about what you tell yourself, which isn't particularly helpful. And I think this goes for anything. You know, if you if you're continually telling yourself, you know, I get really anxious if I'm going outside or I get really anxious in big meetings, then you're reaffirming that in your own head. You know, and if you're saying, oh, you know, I've got imposter syndrome, I can't do this. You know, it's it's a negative affirmation. But so so you've got to change that narrative in your own head. And that goes for everything. And I think it's I think we do it a lot now because we like to label things and we like to give put things into buckets and, and stuff like that but yeah, that's another definitely. soapbox moment for me I'll get yeah. off it now no no you're right though and I also think it's important to kind of think about the environment that you're in that's allowing you to think in that way when I coach some of my wonderful coaches I often like to take them back right from their kind of career journey right from the start or even when they were you know teenagers because that's often when our confidence and imposter syndrome begins you know that's when we kind of start identifying where we struggles are and what our barriers are and what our triggers are and it's often down to you know from my experience and the conversations I've held with folks it's often down to a moment in your life that's caused you to believe in that way so and what happens at that time is that you don't allow yourself to feel that emotion in that moment right so you if as soon as you start accepting that actually I do feel anxious when I go outside and that's okay to feel that way, but what am I going to do about it? So what do I need to do to make myself feel less anxious about going outside? What things do I need to put in place to help me move forward? And what generally happens, I think, with some people is that they get stuck, 
right? And they they think, I can't go, I'm really anxious, I can't do it, and I can't do it. And, that, you know, and that's, and, and, and to be fair, it's okay. It is okay to feel that way, I'm not saying it isn't, but you do need to try and understand what you need to do to kind of help you out of that situation. And there's difference between the mental health side of this, by the way, and then just the confidence side. It's, it's very different. So you have to be very clear on, on what's going on here and do seek support and advice and help as well, by the way, because there is a different anxiety. It's very different from confidence and imposter syndrome. And I don't want anyone listening and thinking it's, it's you know, it's the same thing. It isn't. So please do seek out help and stuff like that. But where specifically today's episode is more about the confidence and the imposter syndrome that we do bring in our, in that happens in our life. So in that sometimes we do bring on ourselves, like, you know, what you said, Jenny. And it is important to kind of think about the situations that you're in. And we give ourselves, in my experience, too much of a hard time about not moving as quickly as we can. And I've said this before, it's that whole comparison theory again, right? You know, comparison is a thief of joy. And I think when we are so focused on other people's success and progression, it can really knock who we are and our self-belief and self-esteem into thinking that, well, there's no way we can possibly enjoy the success that person has enjoyed because of who I am. And then the people that you surround yourself with, and this is why I say it's really important to look at the environment, you know, I strongly believe that misery feeds misery mm. and people enjoy, I think, at times when somebody in their circle is probably not as successful or not doing as well because it makes them feel better about themselves. And that is the toxic side of relationships sometimes, right? And I think it's important that we, as humans and as people, we are very conscious of those people in our lives and, and how they are reacting when something doesn't go well for us and how they're supporting that, because that doesn't help our growth either. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that we don't sometimes do very well and feel like just because they've been in our lives for a period of time or their friends for years, that we should just accept them for what they are. So, you know, it is something that I do think about quite frequently, actually, about our environment and the people. And I've made some very conscious decisions in the last five years in terms of who do I allow in my environment and in my circle and where do I put those boundaries in place to help boost that confidence uh, side of who I am yeah it's interesting all of what you said just reminded me of something my mother used to tell me which is misery loves company mm. and that there's a real challenge for, you know for an individual who doesn't take the time to understand who they are so that they can then take a step back and look at things like well who are the people I have around me who are the people who are actually supporting me not supporting me are these relationships impacting this imposter syndrome or my confidence even more and sometimes you know there's a fear of doing it because you, you don't want to upset people or you see yourself as a people pleaser the reality is if you as you begin to know yourself as you begin to, to understand who you are and how you react to things it suddenly allows you to get a little bit stronger and have a bit more courage to to say well actually I'm not gonna I'm actually gonna shut down some of these relationships I'm going to hold back on some of them because they're not helpful and it's the recognition of that that actually makes the difference because until you do that you've just got the misery and the company around you. <laughs> and as Adbita said, you know, some people will be around you because 
they're happy that your failure or or your your inability to step up makes them look good you know they're not really wanting your you know you to succeed they're not really wanting you to achieve things because there's a little bit of jealousy there and and some of that you just recognize and take a stand against it and say do you know what I'm worth it I'm more important than this and I really need to step into a place where I am nurtured and valued and celebrated I always hate to hear people who feel that they're stuck in a job and then they describe how awful people treat them and you kind of think well you need to go to places where people celebrate you where people are happy for you to be around because that in itself is a confidence booster Mm. that's where we need to kind of push ourselves towards Mm. as you were talking then I was thinking how important it is for you your own confidence to have those people around you so I always think my ability to to be bold or, or to have that confidence or to take the risks I take are because of the people I have around me. And it's not about people that are just going to cheer you on, you know, regardless. You know, it's the people that are that are there, like, you know, our friendship, and we talk about this a lot, that everything, you know, that I'm working on now, we share with each other. I've shared with you. I've shared with you my, my own uh, frustrations of things I can't sort of get moving. And we're immediately there to say, right, well, let's work this through. Let's help each other. Let's do it, you know. And we celebrate our successes and we do all those things. And I have you know, removed people from my life um, in a non-permanent way uh, who, who who don't help me and don't bring me joy and don't do those things. And I think it's gaining a confidence in my skills where I've trained and developed and read and grown and invested in that to build my confidence that allows me to beat that imposter syndrome feeling because I've got techniques I can draw on to help me move forwards on that. So I, I think they're really linked. I still don't think... I I think I, I want to do more research into it because I feel like there are different situations where there are different techniques to get past the imposter syndrome. And I think there's examples, Trudy, that you shared of where the imposter syndrome and, and in the room and, and it was, you know, the responsibility of other people to help you feel that. Mine is, is the opposite. So there's definitely some more work to be done. I don't think you can be blanket with imposter syndrome at all. And I think that's probably what we've tried to do whereas actually it's I think it's very individual and I think your ways to get past it are very individual you are right and I do think there are you know there's definitely different situations that require different techniques and tactics but it all does stem down to the foundations which in my opinion is about building that confidence up in your ability because once you've got that confidence in your ability you're more likely to step up and speak up when somebody is questioning certain ways about you that can sometimes trigger the imposter in you and thinking am I a fraud and do I belong in this situation Mm. and am I actually and make yourself you know people you know with the quote misery likes company kind of thing there is also this whole kind of how can I put this delicately (laughs) so without actually offending half so I just think that there are some people whether in organizations and in self-employment and in your own business where people will say something to you people say I just mean like they just want you to feel terrible about yourself right no matter Mm. how many qualifications you may have have on this subject there will be people who will just not let go and will keep on chipping away at you chipping away at you and chipping away until you are broken in terms of self-doubt like am I am I losing my marbles here a little bit am I wrong in this and People do, you know, I think we would call them narcissists, right? Yeah, <laughs> in, I think I, you, I probably would, yeah. 
<laughs> in this. And which is why, so, which again, you know, I know the theme of this kind of chat today is about the environment and being very protective of you, you know, because if you're not protective of yourself and who you are, and also take responsibility to Jenny's point about what do I need to do in this situation to make me feel in control of what is going on here, there is an element of that. And there will be situations where you are faced into discrimination, whether because of your sex, your, your gender, your race, your age, whatever. This is when you need to kind of step into that and go, what can I do here? What do I need to do here to protect myself? So is it, to Trudy's point, is it stepping away from that business and finding someone where you can be celebrated, you know, and, and recognised for the skill that you're having so you're not getting battered, basically, in this workplace? Or is it actually stepping in and going, this is unacceptable. Like, I am not having this anymore. And I am not going to put myself through this anymore. And this is what I am going to do to make sure that I am protected. And that is, you know, there's different ways. Like you just said, Jenny, there are different ways with imposter syndrome. But I think sometimes people can, leaders, when they're talking about their team, about progression and talent pipeline, can say things like, oh, I just think that they're they're not confident in what they're doing. But then they need to kind of think to themselves, but why? So why does that person not feel confident in this place? Because we gave them the job in the first place. And what is happening in this environment that's making them feel that they can't thrive? And, you know, that's where I kind of swing to the side of like some of this is on the responsibility of that leader as well to kind of recognise those symptoms before it gets too late. I'd also question what confidence looks like, because I think confidence looks differently in everybody it's not the loudest person in the room and you know people will always say as you know Jenny's really confident you know and and I am quite confident I'm quite happy to to stand up and and speak in front of people I'm quite happy to be a bit of a wally if I need you because I just I'm (laughs) like you know it's fine this this is me um and I and I don't I don't really you know worry or or care about some of that stuff but that's taken quite a lot of time And, and interestingly one of my friends said this said to me very recently at a wedding and I hadn't seen her for quite some time. And she's been a friend of mine since I was 20 odd. So I was at university. So I was quite some time ago. And she said, how she's basically was saying to me after a few glasses of wine, how have you done this? Because <laughs> like, you were never, you know, this person, you were this person, but you're like, not like a super version of that. But how have you, how have you done this? How have you got to that space where you really don't care so much and you're you're really comfortable in your own skin and all those things? And I just said to her, I just read a lot, I read a lot of stuff. <laughs> I read a lot of stuff about you know human beings and what we're like. And and I think I've also changed my friendship circles around, you know, who do I spend my time with? What do I, what do I spend my time doing? And being really comfortable with the fact that, you know, I am a bit of a dork. You know, I like listening to podcasts and doing puzzles on a Friday night. And I like watching a bit of D&D with my husband on, you know, you know, I, I like all those things. And I'm OK with that because I've got past that horrible feeling you have at school where everyone goes, oh, my God, you're such a loser. And, <laughs> and, and you have to, you know, that's school. Like, that's not that's not helpful to anybody. And I think that that school time, like you were saying with your coaches, Advita, you go back to that time in their lives where something would have happened. Mm that would have triggered it. And for me, I think school is such a big part of what creates our own self-belief of what's acceptable, what's not acceptable, what we need to, Mm. you know, to be cool or to fit in or all of those things that are just absolute nonsense. And I think it has such a role to play in letting go of that and embracing, you know, who you are and being comfortable with that and and reading and learning and, and just stepping forwards, I think is the main thing. 
yeah definitely it's about purpose as well and mm. that's what happened with me because I was I wouldn't say I was um an introvert or you know a wallflower or anything like that you know I've always been pretty pretty confident in who I was in terms but I I was always reserved you know I was always kind of held myself back kept my head down didn't want to rock the boat too much kind of you know took me a while to warm up to the situation and I think what happened with me in terms of transitioning into who I am today is more about finding my purpose and recognizing that this is what I wanted to achieve in terms of legacy and what I wanted to be known for and my values and when I spent some time investigating those two things my values and my purpose I almost became like Teflon you know to be honest Mm. with you so things kind of bounce off now so I'm like if somebody doesn't like me I'm I'm okay with that and that was a big thing for me to cross a big hurdle you know because I am ex chronic people pleaser like my life was all about pleasing other folks and making other people feel comfortable and then I came to the acceptance that actually it's exhausting for one thing because you cannot make everybody happy the other thing is you know you, you've got to be able to live your like you just said before confidence is different to everyone you know to different people but and it is and it's about what where you'll struggle with confidence is are you achieving what you want to achieve like do you want to set your do you want to set your own business up? Do you want to travel the world? You know, do you want to jump off a bridge and do bungee jump? You know, those kind of things. Are you actually allowing yourself to stop you doing that? And if so, why? And addressing mm-hmm. that in the first place. And I think as soon as I started to investigate my purpose and my values and became comfortable with who I am, you do start caring. Like, you know, and my favorite, you know, I must say this quote on every other episode is that you can't be everyone's cup of tea, otherwise you will be a mug. And it's one of those, you know, and I've got a pin badge on it. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think we'll put the link to your little shop where you can buy pin badges oh, in the yeah. show notes. Look at that. You can, yeah, look at that. <laughs> I know, that would be good. <laughs> so I think we're at that part of the podcast now where we are going to share a couple of top tips and techniques. We have kind of peppered top tips and techniques throughout this chat, but Trudy, what's your kind of one or two top tips and techniques for somebody who's listening to us today who is who's just feels a bit fed up and, and is lacking in confidence or feels like they're struggling with imposter syndrome a little bit. Yeah, there are a couple. I could do more, <laughs> however. <laughs> um, so just quickly, there's a really good little task, couple of tasks you can do that will help. And one of them is to write reflectively about your life up until this point. And look back and you might surprise yourself at some of the things that you do. One of the things people always talk about is creating a list of your achievements and the things that people have complimented you about and and make sure that you've got that little arsenal of material around you. But then it's about that embracing your strengths as well. And you can only do that as you reflect back on on your life. So sometimes taking the time to, to write down, you know, some of these key things that have happened and some of the key things that you've done throughout your whole life and not just, you know, not just work things. There are people that you've impacted throughout that time. And there are things that you've probably done that you've forgotten about that just build a bit of confidence in your life generally. And the other thing for me is a really great exercise that somebody did with me around what is fact and versus interpretation. And your interpretation of a situation can be very, very different from what the facts are. Earlier, I spoke about reframing, and that's one of the key ways of actually reframing things by by taking the time to 
yeah express very honestly what's happened and what how you interpreted it but then on the flip side talk about the facts talk about what it really meant and what really is occurring and at the time that I did it it was literally talking about how I thought certain people were perceiving me and when I talked it through actually there was nobody perceiving me in any other way apart from my imagination. So, you know, the little people yeah. that are up there. <laughs> and so as a result, it just broke instantly, literally. It broke off the, I think at the times, something like an imposter syndrome. It just shifted a whole minefield of things by just doing that so so really for me is about being very open and honest about where you are and what you're going through but addressing that through things like look at what you've done already and look at what's real and what's not real and get to know who you are as an individual love that it's that it's Brené again Brené Brown our best friend it's what she says isn't it the story that you're telling yourself and she Mm. talks about that quite frequently it's like what is the story that you're telling yourself you know and we can often do that I think as individuals is make assumptions about a situation that can trigger the confidence lack of confidence in us of imposter syndrome without actually leaning into that difficult conversation Um, and going into that conversation saying to that person actually can I just clarify what did you mean when he said this to me um and Brené actually says call it out and say to people this is what I'm telling myself mm-hmm. um and and see what you know and, and see what the reaction is up to that point because it's never as bad as what you initially thought it was and even if it was what you thought it was at least you clear the air so mm-hmm. I love those I love those tips Trudy I think I think they're brilliant what about you Jenny um, I've only got, I've only got one and it's interesting as Trudy was talking sharing hers and sort of the, the using your past to to inform the future essentially which is a very good resilience building technique as well I was sort of scribbling down what my tip was and it's just all about looking forwards really so I would I would have a some kind of you know bit of paper and a sharpie which we all love but I'd work out what your goals or what your dreams are and then what you need to do to help you get there when you want to get there so put a bit of a timeline on it and then who do you need around you to help you to do that and I think that's so important to really think about this if I think about talking to friends who might have dreams of doing things but it's like oh when I win the lottery we'll do this and I I sit there and say to them but what why why not look at what's achievable if that's your dream then let's find a way of looking at how or even if that's possible but you don't know if that's possible or not because you've not looked into it to know whether or not you can achieve that so we're just stuck in this you know one day I might be able to if only I could whereas that's I I just always makes me a bit sad I just think if you've got this dream or this goal or this this life's ambition then don't do what society forces you to do you might not want to you know buy a house and have children and get married and all the things that sometimes society tells you is everything you need to do you might want to go and you know live on a farm and set up a business and do you know do something totally different so it's having that confidence to do that but you know find your goal find out what you need to do to help you get there set a bit of a time limit on it and then also you know who do you need around you and who do you not need around you to enable you to do that would be would be my next step I might go and do that actually after this I love that (laughs) it's almost like that Japanese model isn't it I'm going to butcher the way you say this but ikage ikagi and we go we don't know what you're talking about have you not seen it it's the four it's the four circles that overlap and you find your sweet spot in the middle so yes. it's what you love so you you write down what you love 
what the world needs, what you can be paid for and what you're good at. Oh, I like that. And how are you spelling it? So I-K-I-G-A-I. Okay, let's leave it. Let's leave it there. Leave it there. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Don't say I'm, it. Yeah, I'm not going to say it again. Because I would say, I would pronounce it Ikigai, and that's probably, probably not it either. It probably is Ikigai. I think it is Ikigai. Think, anyway, that's how I would say it as well. It's probably Ikigai. Well, someone we, will tell us. Someone can tell us. If it's, I think it is Ikigai, actually. We use that in a Leader Like Me for our Leader Like Me members for the very first module, and it works a treat. And it's not something, you know, it's a continuous thing that you do. And I did that when I first was deciding whether I wanted to go into consultancy or not, and that kind of gave me the confidence to kind of go ahead because I found my sweet spot in the middle. So yeah, and the book, I've got the book as well, which we'll share the link to on on the show notes. So if anybody wants to delve a bit deeper, they can do. But yeah, great, great top tip. For me, I am going to borrow and steal with proudness, if that's a word, Jefferson uh, Darrell yesterday uh, on one of our clubhouse shows, which was happened to be yesterday, spoke about this thing that he does because we were talking about positive mindset and he started to send notes of thanks to people who have helped him in some way or another. And he said, not the big ticket things, but little things like, you know, like, oh, um, thanks for brightening my day. I was having a bit of a slow morning, but your email cheered me up kind of messages. And it's just a quick one liner. And he said that's really made a difference to his mindset in terms of his confidence and the way he sees things, because seeing other people react to his emails when he sends it to them has made him realise actually he does have a purpose and he does make a difference to people and people have appreciated him for that as well when they respond back. And it all started with him when somebody messaged him about the difference he had made to his French teacher, who and it was a French teacher's son who had messaged him, who found him on Facebook and sent him a note saying, I just wanted to let you know that my mum spoke about you all the time at home. She said that you were a great student of hers and I wanted to drop you a note just to say that, that you made a difference in our house and made my mum's job worthwhile and that gave him a boost and he recognized that so he wanted to do that to other people but he didn't recognize that that would also he didn't realize I should say that that would also give him the boost in terms of who who he was and the contributions he made when he kind of fed back to other folks and they responded back to him and I love that you know and I think we don't do that often enough right we give the big thanks to people and we say like the off the kind of off the cuff thanks oh thanks for that love that but actually taking time to write a note or, a, or an email or even a handwritten note to somebody who has just kind of made you smile that day or brightened mm. you up and just to say thanks, you know, and how that makes a difference. And I know that for me, when he spoke about that, I thought, you know what, I'm going to make more of an effort to do that, to bring that positive energy without going too kooky, bring that positive energy into my life, right? So I'm going to be quite intentional with that and not focus on the rubbish things because there's lots of rubbish things out there that can really knock us which you know can make us feel a bit sad and knock our energy, which can have a knock-on effect on our confidence and imposter syndrome. Mm. So it's trying to kind of find that balance and bring a bit of positivity in. And the other, the, the kind of final top tip for me is, again, it's just, and I've mentioned this throughout the chat today, but just really take some time to think about your surroundings and who are those people in your world? Because I just don't think we do that very, you know, life is busy, we, we feel like we just crack on and we just do it and it, we get into a habit of just doing the things and we get into a habit of just listening to certain people say certain things to us and accepting it because we've always accepted it and it's just been always been part of our life. And I do think it's important for you to take that step back, reflect, write down how you feel when that person engages with you 
and what kind of emotions is being negative or positive emotions are being driven from you when you do that. So I, I would definitely take a little bit of time in your life and step back, think about your environment, think about the people in your life and what contributions they are making towards your success and happiness. Uh, and I think that will help bolster some of the confidence as well. Yeah, that was a really nice. good chat. That was, yeah, that was good. That. I kept thinking about the imposter names that you had when we did the last episode oh, no. of this. Yeah, well, I had Sandy still around. I still refer to Sandy, actually. She's yeah. still there. She's still here. Who yeah, she's still around. Yours, Trude? What was yours called? Ginny. 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 And then I yeah, think Ginny. I didn't have one, and then you named it Steak Muffin. I did <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's absolutely no context to that jenny <laughs> so anyone oh, no, no, we should share that you named it that's nice <laughs> anyone listening thinking why has Adrita and Trudy named jenny snake muffin that is a story for another <laughs> yeah that is no that is not for today i will dig out it was a gift or something wasn't it it wasn't rude oh my goodness i don't know goodness, i can't no. remember now i can't remember no, i remember no. this we'll have to dig it out we'll share it we'll share it on our socials why it's called snake muffin oh my god brilliant <laughs> to find out more about us how to sign up to our comms retreat or to listen to past episodes go to calmedgedrebels.com Don't forget to rate and subscribe and thanks for listening.